Welcome to the Business Design Podcast, where we get into a scrum pretty often and chat about things that are scrum-related. So I'm Randy Baker, and my partner, my business partner here is Dr. Kent. And today we find out that a scrum is something different to what I always thought it was. What did you think it was? In rugby, a scrum is where everybody is holding on to each other with their heads towards the ground and the ball's in the middle and they... I don't understand really what rugby is all about. I know it's it's kind of like American football but they but people don't wear padding and then they just yeah dance around in circles while holding hands. Is, is that what the yeah, scrum is? Yeah, that's pretty close, yeah. There's... there's yeah, there's a name for them that I shall not repeat here but that's beside the point. So this... this Apparently, the word comes from scrummage, which is a variant form of scrimmage. And apparently, it actually comes from like a noisy throng. So, oh, so, yeah. So, in the sense that we're talking to Cynthia Khan, um, a scrum is something that has to do with agility. Now, my dogs would be good at agility, but I don't think we're talking about that either. We talked to Cynthia about a lot of things. We were really shocked and surprised and stymied and fascinated and awestruck by the way she talks about business on one side and this agile framework, and on the other side, how she talked about her art and how she creates a piece. And it was really fun to kind of get to the bottom of where the twain meet. So without further ado, here's our interview with Cynthia Khan. Nice to talk with you, Cynthia. And I, I suppose you you can um, guess what my first comment might be. Uh, but I have to I have to tell our listeners I, I have a habit of doing this, of kind of what we're seeing because they're listening to us. So while I can't describe sort of the smell of what Cynthia's world is like or the taste, <laughs> all those senses, the touch, I can see. And there's some really cool artwork in the background. Right. I'm a an artist. I do, as you up in the bird, traditional oil painting. I do fabric painting and drywall sculptures. So, and drywall sculptures. What is that? I've never heard of that. It is a form of you actually put drywall mud on a board and paint it with wall paint. And then sometimes I leave it. And sometimes I do, um, there's different types of waxing or something i don't know maybe you can see this one better so it kind of gives wow, you a, th- a three-dimensional effect so That's there neat. you have it it's a real texture to it how neat yeah, is that it's it's something you can look at it on the internet but a friend of mine and i we kind of took it and it and expanded on it and i've done some four foot by four foot huge ones and so i do absolutely i do adore it and then i i really like i like texture and I use a lot of paint if I paint things like that. And I see you, Randy, have one a paint an abstract in your background. So I I like it when people notice the art because then you can you, it tells a lot about who you're talking to. <laughs> and I think just as a quick comment there, the thickness of it, uh, I find that fascinating. I mean that that's my obsession with, you know, Van Gogh. Uh, he would just pile the paint on. Presumably because he didn't have to pay for it, right? Wasn't it his his asylum <laughs> gave him free paints or something? <laughs> but he could just pile it on, yeah. And, and that's why the texture is so remarkable. Yeah. 
exactly. Yeah, I have. There's one back here that has like that. I have a. I have a few of them. I, I definitely use more paint than I should. <laughs> so speaking of texture, I'm trying to do a uh, Randy. I'm trying to do a segue here. <laughs> speaking of texture, uh, what kind of sort of background and texture would you say your business career has? So I mean, you're you're you've built something cool you've kind of launched into several things. You're coming out of corporate um, in some ways. Give us the background and the texture of, of what it looks like. Well, I guess it, it's been about 10 years since I'm an agile consultant. And so I believe in the importance of the agile mindset. And I believe so strongly about it that I did a TED talk. Uh, if you applied agile principles in your personal life, you would be happier. And so in a nutshell, the texture that I'm trying to apply is there's something, the essence of being agile and an agile mindset, it's not being, it's not what people mistakenly call it like, oh, I'm just flexible, so I must be agile. No, flexible is three things. Focus, it's called FAR. Well, what I call FAR in my practice, focus, accomplish, reflect. And I think that's the number one issue that causes people like not to achieve their goals or not to be as successful in business because they, they aren't focusing on the right things. They don't decide what they need to accomplish to achieve their goals before they create their task list or a plan. And they don't take the time to reflect and, or to get feedback to make sure that they're moving in the right direction or they need to pivot. And in, in the fast changing times, especially now <laughs> that we are living in, those with an agile mindset will be the ones that I think come out ahead. And I've been, in my practice, I've been talking to a lot of businesses that are having problems because they aren't practicing properly. I mean, just in general, right? You don't have to follow a framework to have an agile mindset and to focus, accomplish, reflect. <laughs> so, Cynthia, agile development has been used in software development for a couple of decades now. Mm -hmm. with varying degrees of success from my personal observation, but you seem to have come up with something a little bit different that you call GSD, or is that just a philosophy around oh, GSD, that's our company name, stands for getting stuff done. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so, so GSD Mindset, that's the name of my company. Perfect. So what's the difference between getting stuff done and traditional agile theory? Well, I think people originally, and, and people will talk about this because we just had the Agile 20 Reflect <clears throat> Festival, which was the 20th anniversary of the Agile Manifesto, which kind of lays, the, it's kind of like the Ten Commandments of Agile. And back in the day, I mean, Agile was, I guess, the creation or the mindset of a group of, of developers. And so it was like a team sport. But the, where Agile gets hung up and people say, well, Agile doesn't work is because while well, you're practicing a certain framework within a team, but then there has to be some way to roll up what's happening and to be able to status report or do whatever it is that you need to do because there's management up above. So it took a long time till people realized that it's the organization, like it, Agile agility comes from above. The frameworks are practiced at the team level, but things you can't always practice business the way you always practice and be successful with an agile mindset. And so I think that's why 
there's mixed degrees of success. So people are now in the in the community, the worldwide community, trying to bring in focus to all sorts of areas where the agile mindset and agile principles can be applied. So it's not so mysterious and it's not so rigid. So speaking of rigid, I think that's an interesting term in frameworks. Uh, I find so the rigidity of the frameworks, the agile nature of things, we've got some bend in the knees, they've got a little bit of wiggle in the in the steel, whatever. But your artwork, I'm really curious because the, the artist side of yourself is more than a little wiggle, right? It's, it's the, you, you have a structure, but you're going full on into creativity. So I'm, I'm curious to what level you're able to bring that sort of creative side of yourself into the agile work, into the, I guess, more rigid business mindsets uh, that you work with? Well, A, they're not rigid. It just, there's a couple of things that I used to say be- even before was Agile's like that process will set you free because you don't have to worry about what you're going to do so you can be what happens next so that you can be more creative. So when you're following with Agile, especially it's about a team, right? So it's not just the developers, what used to be like in software, the developers go off, somebody writes them a huge, like, here. oh, here's a huge document here. Now, these are my requirements. I want you to go off and never talk to me again until you're done. And then I'll tell, then I, then I want to, then I'll tell you if it worked or not. And it could be 18 months too, but that doesn't, I mean, what, what kind of process is that? Right. So thinking with agility is like, well, what is the, what is the high, taking like the high level view, breaking it down into the components we need to build and then focusing in like a two week time period, which we call sprints, right? Getting something done and then it builds back out, right? Somebody tries it, gives you feedback. It goes up into the top. We call it the GSD scrum funnel because it's very, it's very, take something big. Where am I going to focus now? I'm going to get something done. I'm going to release it to a customer. I'm going to get some feedback on it. And I'm going to look at that holistically with everything else that's been in. And that that is basically the difference. And if you understand that framework or that mindset, then you can be more creative, right? Because when you talk to people, they're like, I have this idea, I'm starting to develop, I have 35 developers, stuff is slipping through the cracks. Well, if you were actually accomplishing something, like things wouldn't slip through the cracks if you practiced, right? So it's kind of an interesting thing to wrap your head around that if you're following a framework or a our process that works, right? You're working within something. You actually can be more creative because you have built, you've built in different aspects so that you, nothing does slip through the cracks. So you're getting the feedback you need. But if you're just randomly following random acts of coding or random acts of product management or random acts of whatever, you don't have that. And so within that, of course, then you can have people are big on now KPIs or whatever it is that you're doing to measure basically what you need to be able to do is measure where you are in relation to where you want to be and come up with a plan to get there. That hasn't changed, but there's a lot of people nowadays that don't know where they are in relation to where they want to be. And so that is why it, it is important to have, to follow a framework or a structure. And most importantly, plan and time marks and get something done. Because if you don't get anything done, 
then you really don't know where you are and you don't even know if you're on the right track because you're, you haven't received any customer feedback or something. And so that, I think, is the importance, right? Focus, accomplishment, feedback or reflection and reflection in, in its simplest form. That's the essence. And you'd be surprised how many businesses aren't doing that. So I find that that model um, also, as you were um, very, you know, simply using your hands to show that model, where it, <laughs> it's sort of funnel. filtering down and then building <laughs> yeah. back up, it almost an hourglass shape, which is really it interesting. Is. I was thinking about your artwork because I'm looking at it behind you, and I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to paint a bird, or I'm going to uh, use a certain medium. I want to use oil, or I want to you know, there's there's structure involved, right? And so you're using a certain structure that filters you down that presumably then you're ready to get started doing the creative stuff and you build it out. Is that, do you, do you paint using the same sort of agile framework? I paint using an iterative model. I, and that, I mean, there's, I don't know if you, for the, the people who are listening, if you Google, I didn't make this up, but there's, there's if you Google the Mona Lisa iterative versus incremental development, which is the same thing about building a product. And so what they have is a, the top is incremental. Like I want the Mona Lisa. It's kind of like building your Ikea furniture. I have, I want to build something. And so here are all my pieces. When I, I'm going to put it together piece by piece by piece incrementally. And then I'm going to have a desk and we know that like I've done it before I have upside down drawers and stuff like because it doesn't always work out and so incremental is good for getting things done piece by piece but it's not a holistic approach right but if you're going iteratively they have a little guy in the bottom and he has an idea and so he sketches out a drawing of the Mona Lisa and then you can see oh he has a little watercolor maybe of the Mona Lisa. And then in the third picture, he has a beautiful, you know, masterpiece because they started with a little bit, they, he added some more color and texture. And then, so you keep building on top of it and getting feedback. And I think, you know, when you're painting, you definitely need to kind of sketch out to see where at least a high level you think things are going to be. And then a lot of times if I'm using acrylics or something, I'll do an underpainting, which is the same thing, like to see like how things are. And then I'll start building the textures and things like that on, on top. And it's exactly kind of the same thing that you do with the drywall sculpture. Like this is kind of what I'm going to do. And then you start putting the mud on and working it through. And then you add the layer to seal it in. And then you add the color. So it's, it's a very layered and iterative process. And I think people need to understand that iteration, what iteration really means. We say you need to build things iteratively or think iteratively, like instead of, I need to know, because then you're back to, I need, I have a requirements paper. I need to know everything up front. Well, you're, there's no way that any human being is going to ever know everything up front. So the whole thought of incremental, unless you're IQ and you have like all the pieces or you've got a jigsaw puzzle or whatever that is, <clears throat> then that that is a different way of thinking unless you actually truly have a finite idea or a finite task. So I'm a I'm a business geek, Cynthia. Every time I talk to somebody with a business, I I like to understand how they have incrementally built their revenue, because revenue builds on top, and 
it looks like you have a consulting style business. Mm-hmm. So presumably you charge by the hour or by the project or whatever. But how do you benefit incrementally by looking at your business and the next step and the next step and the next step? Well, I think always you need to understand who who you're helping, who, you're, who you think you're helping, who you think your customer is. And so with my business, I mean, before I even had a business, it was always, well, I want to work for big companies because they have big money and they're going to pay me more, right? And per hour or whatever it is that I'm doing. But then you only get like the big company mindset and you can't make as large of an impact. And so as you start building, as you start saying, I'm going to focus on big companies because they pay me more. That is my thing, right? And I've all and I've worked at big companies. I have an MBA and I am this and I am that, right? I am all that. As you start doing it, then you realize, well, they don't, they can't move and they can't change. So you've had some good experiences, some bad, like just with everything else. And so then you're like, oh, well, maybe you're going to pivot and I'm going to start working maybe with with some smaller companies or whatever. And so then that person, those are the people that I talk to when I speak to to groups or speak to my website. You know, what is it like right now? If you looked on my website, I like people, I love to get in there before they've blown their runway. I like new product introductions if I can get there because before they've run out of runway and spent all their money and haven't released a V1 because <laughs> that happens all the time. And so, you know, how that's where the focus accomplish reflect really means, means the most. And so I think to answer your question in a simple thing, it's like, where are you, where do you feel like you're the most effective? Who are your customer? What's their problem? How am I getting them from here to here? And then, then I speak, I, I speak to that and I attract that. I'm, I'm a law of attraction person too, <laughs> I, but I think you kind of have to work through, try to, consult to somebody, consult with your comfort, which at first was big companies, before you can consult to smaller companies. So I'm, I'm guessing, and I could be totally wrong here, but I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, big companies actually understand the agile concept, whereas the smaller potential clients don't. So I'm guessing there's an element of education going into the smaller markets that you have to build into your marketing. Well, I think that that is everything. I mean, I think education in, to management in general is important because they don't teach this at business school. They don't talk about it at an entrepreneur, like your basic entrepreneur. I've been a, a, a member of a lot of entrepreneur groups. That's how when, when we could all go out and do things, I, I would network a lot with that. Most people don't even know what I'm talking about. So it's education and it's changing, you know, what what it means, there's some people out there kind of getting it, but what it means to be an entrepreneur and how you define and focus on what you're doing and you, and you need to get something out there. Like you just can't keep iterating on your idea. You have to make sure that you're on the right track. So really interesting conversation, Cynthia. Um, and I think it's remarkable to kind of hear the the systems thinking approach to art and business and life with a heavy dose of creativity like what what a neat way to sort of line up you know someone who isn't creative to say well you start with the structure and then how do you become creative and someone who is creative really needs the structure so I'm curious to to hear who you're looking for in this next phase of of business and um, where they can find you. 
Oh, sure. <laughs> I look for people who are in their in startups who to help them define what that in what we call in agile the minimum viable product. Like what what are the features that we're going to focus on? Because I think most founders. And I'm a creator myself, so and I'm a founder, and I haven't done the best at it in every single one of my businesses. So, I mean, I know it's kind of like who who is the target? What what is it that we're building? What do we want to release first so that we can get some feedback? And I'm always happy when people call me to ask me these kinds of questions before they're like two hundred thousand dollars over budget, and they barely you know it, it happens all the time. So I think that. If you really have a great idea, that idea that you want to share, or even if you've got the new version of that idea that you want to share and you're a product development person, then you can contact me at Cynthia K at GSD for getting stuff done dot G-U-R-U, Cynthia K dot guru. GSD dot G-U-R-U is my website. For what that's worth, we have a lot of blog posts up there, like over 50. We have a little hand, we have our, the GSD Scrum handbook. And, and of course, you can watch the, the YouTube TED Talk if you want to find out how to. We did a lot of, about goals and achievement. We did a lot, we spent a year on translating the Agile mindset to just personal goals and achievement, how to create, accomplish, how to create and define goals that are accomplishable and then what do you need to do to achieve those goals looking at that because nobody really lays it out and says you know i i don't that's a lot to think about in one quarter with everything else i've got going on so like making sure that you have achievable goals and keeping track of them like in some way now everybody kind of uses trello boards and kanban boards and everything so we help we help people even with their own personal life too <laughs> but we focus on startups and small businesses, smaller businesses, mid-sized businesses and companies that, that have a product and want to either release a new one or add a, a new version or something so that they don't spend, waste their money or burn through their money. It's not really wasting money, but sometimes it is. Yeah, most startups are, are in a race to get to the next milestone before they run out of cash. So um, I'm sure if they could do it faster with less cash burn, that's something of immense value to them. And if you can show them how to do that, there's a, a great ROI on that education. Mm-hmm. For sure. So thank you so much for talking <laughs> we think with so. us, Cynthia. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Cynthia. I really appreciated the way you brought your personal life into this whole concept of iteration and painting and how painting is an iterative process the same as the way you should apply agile theory into running your own business or into business practice in the real world fascinating stuff if uh, folks listening to this are feeling especially spry and light-footed agile synonyms or hot-footed high-step it over to uh thoughtpartnergroup.com and and um if you leap up to the top of the page and you know jump up and down on the button up there you'll see an assessment and um within a hop skip and a jump uh, we'll get your response and tell you what's wrong with you now we're pretty agile folks and one of the things we've done is is thought very creatively and applied 
agile processes to what we can give all of our listeners. And right now, if our listeners go to crazymba.com, there's something crazy that we've got ready for you. Yeah. You got to do the, um, what's the uh, the bewitched thing? Pink, pink, yeah, pink. You know, with your nose. Yes. Yeah. I love that Tabitha, you know, the, 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 oh, her, right. her daughter, she'd have to like use her finger to wiggle the nose back and forth. Anyway, do that, the little twinkle, twinkle, twink. Go to crazymba.com and special things will start happening. Talk to you again soon. See you later, Darren. Darren.